This is the Data Science Conversations podcast with Damien Dehan and Dr. Philip Diesinger, featuring cutting-edge AI and data science research from the world's leading academic minds, so you can expand your knowledge and grow your career. This show is sponsored by Data Science Talent. Welcome to the Data Science Conversations podcast. My name is Damien Dehan and with me is Dr. Philip Diesinger. And this is part two of our conversation with the esports legends, TLO and Mana. The guys are professional esports players who have been playing StarCraft 2 for many years. And this conversation delves into the story behind their rematch competition versus Google DeepMind's AlphaStar AI agent. Uh, this was a live event that happened uh, in London six weeks after the uh, original games that the guys played. And we hope you enjoy this episode. So both of you were defeated 5-0 by DeepMind. As a consequence, I guess they grew in confidence and they set up a live event in London where they not only published the video footage of those two prior series, but Mana, they also invited you to go up against the Alpha Star agent again in a live match. That sounds a little bit like a setup. It must take a lot of courage and sportsmanship to say yes to such an offer. Mana, can you share with us what was going through your mind uh, going into this match? Did you want revenge? Were you curious about it? How did you approach that? The revenge match was uh, scheduled like a month or a month and a half later. So I had some time to think how the how the games are looking like uh, at that time and how I can have only one shot at the game. There will be no best of three, not a best of five, just one single map that I could play. And what can I do to increase my chances? What can I do to change in my approach? But I think one of the things that we need to also add is that uh, the live match had a different version of the agent. Um, in the games that Dario and me have played five games in a row, the agent could see the entirety of the map at once. They didn't have one screen that we have and we see only one part of the map. It still had the fog of war that it would still need to scout the, uh, the units to see exactly, but it would still be able to watch the entirety of the map and do commands while not switching the screens. And in the live event, I was playing against an agent, the experimental agent that was potentially going to be uh, not seeing the entirety of the map, but use the screen like uh, we pro gamers do. Can you talk us through the game? You got under pressure early on in the game, but then you managed to fight back. Before the game, we also sat in the room with Dario and we analyzed five of the games that I played against AlphaStar. And we, we found some tendencies that uh, AlphaStar had and we thought that there's a potential to use a certain unit composition that would fight very well, that even if AlphaStar has like uh, a much better army control, it would still not be good enough because of the power of the, of the units. So yeah, after analyzing the replays, me and Dario came out with an idea and that's how I wanted to approach the game. And once I got into the game, I was obviously very nervous. All the spotlight was on me. You know, the Alphasar doesn't feel anything. It, it feels no pressure. It's not tired or anything like that. So it, it was very hard to, uh, to play that game. And even from the very beginning, I have played better than in the five games in, in the previous match. But it, it was still, I was still taking a lot of damage and I was under a lot of pressure from Alpha Star. But I was steadily going into the army composition that I was feeling comfortable with. And uh, Alpha Star did things that uh, I was expecting it to do. And uh, just the, uh, the, the, the thought process that we had with Dario the, to, to follow the plan that we and Dario had just to, to continue the game. And uh, the, the longer the game went, the better it looked for me. Uh, I just moved across the map with the army that I created and uh, I, was, uh, I was able to win the live match. 
in a, in a fashion that it also took the alpha star to, to, to that you could see it, it's like a, an AI because it, it did some moves that human players would not do. That I would try to split the army in a in a different um, manner than a human player would do. The AI would always come back with like an entire army to defend the base, and I would abuse this fact with with my units to just pretty much focus the AI's attention on the attack while I could b build up my base. So you're describing that both of you decided together to focus on a unit called Immortal, which is a counter to Stalkers, which in turn is the unit that Alphastar heavily favored in the previous games. Alphastar seemed to have an advantage with Stalkers because it was able to micromanage them with very high precision, which is really hard for a human player to do. But then halfway through the game you figured out yet another trick. You threatened to attack Alphastar's base with only two units that they would drop from a warp prism, and you noticed every time you executed that maneuver, Alphastar would call back its entire army across the map, which looked like a big strategic mistake. You then triggered the AI agent to make this mistake many times in the game, which gave yourself extra time to build up your own army. What went through your head when you noticed this mistake in the agent's reaction and when you decided to strategically use it for your advantage? It, it was not planned at all. It was just something that happened in the game. I had a, a unit scouting for the army movement of uh, Alpha Star. And by the time I dropped for the very first time, I saw it moved the entirety army. So I'm like, I'm going to try it again. And I see the exact same army movement. So I dropped the third time and I see exact army movement. So I saw a pattern there that I can buy myself a lot of time and uh, just relieve myself from the from the pressure of Alpha Star on my side of the map by just dropping the units. And even though Alpha Star had the tools to deal with the with the harassment that I did uh, with the Warpism and the two immortals in there, it didn't split the army correctly. So I was I was very happy that I was able to find this kind of uh, trick. One could say that the, the human player would leave, let's say, half an army just to get rid of this this kind of uh, move. Beating Alpha Star at live event is a great achievement and must be very satisfying. You had to deal with all that extra pressure coming in after you already lost five games and then knowing the whole world was watching you play live against the AI and cheering for you. How did you experience it? How did you feel after the game? I was really relieved. I was very nervous that I'm going to, let's say, fail yet again. Like the, I know that all of uh, StarCraft humanity was uh, watching my back and that, you know, I am responsible for the entire StarCraft community, maybe gaming community, and I need to defeat the AI, you know. I was very nervous at that time. When I won, I just felt very relieved that I was able to uh, to, to, to win, especially after Lisa Dole lost 1-4 against AlphaGo. And I remember the, the time when he won just one single game. He, like the entire country was super happy. So I was, I was just as happy as they were that time. And Dario, you were at that live event too. What went through your head when you saw how Greg was playing and when he started developing a chance to beat uh, Alpha Star? I was just really happy that what we talked about was working and that it was very apparent that now that we have had time to communicate with each other and talk about what happened in our games, we could grow, right? That's uh, one of the advantages humans have. They can adapt very quickly and that was kind of showing in that moment and as you mentioned, that that unit, the immortal against the stalker strategy, really worked out because so a stalker basically has an ability to teleport and could dodge any kind of projectile. So that would make uh, a superhuman control very powerful. But an immortal has a shot that's instantaneous. So we basically tried to eliminate the advantage a machine would have over a human of perfect execution at the time, and also 
I think what we notice is, in general, you want to try to be as symmetrical uh, as possible against um, AlphaStar, because if you just do the same thing as AlphaStar, AlphaStar is probably going to do it better than you. But because StarCraft is such a complex game where you can make different compositions, if you try to do something different than AlphaStar, that's your best shot at winning. And yeah, I was just very proud of Mana. And it was just so interesting to see these early games of AlphaStar against humans and that it could go both ways. So Mana, it seems like When you were playing that live event against the AI agents, humans and AI were still at a comparable level in StarCraft 2. But at the same time, it's also clear that the AI agents will keep developing and getting better. Yeah. In the field of Go, the Go player Lisa Doll retired in 2019, and the reason he gave for his decision was that machines have surpassed humans in mastering the game of Go, which of course seems really depressing, uh, but this goes to show what kind of a profound impact something like that can have on a person. How do you guys feel about the future of StarCraft II? I think, I think we are a little different than people that play Go. Um, first of all, Go, once again, is purely a mental game. Esport does have the physical and the mental aspects. And I don't think we are ever going to look at a game of football and think, okay, well, we could build a robot that's just a better athlete than a human. What's the point of football? I think the human aspect will always be important to people. I don't think people are going to stop watching or cheering for professional players just because theoretically a machine could be doing better. The same goes for, for music. You know, eventually we'll probably have music that is done better by a machine and maybe even has the variance that a human has to give it even like the heart of music as well. I'm sure we, you know, there's already algorithms that are working on realizing, you know, a perfectly played sheet music doesn't sound as good as somebody that, you know, puts in some imperfections or um, improvisation, right? But I don't think anytime soon we're going to stop going to concerts that are performed by humans because in the end, that human connection will always be important to us. And as long I compare myself to other humans, so that's what I'm trying to excel. And that's a competition about me. I don't, I don't personally care too much if one day there will be an AI that will do what I'm doing better. For me, I learned that StarCraft is just much more complex even than I thought it was, even though it's probably the most complex game there is currently. I don't know any, any other. And to play against a, a player that... Uh, you have no information that like Dario set up black box. It just showed me that it's, it's just, you need so much information when you're playing against other people, you, you have this kind of like a conversation between each other that you, you know what they are doing, what are their tendencies. And in here, I, I, I couldn't figure it out what to do in an instant. I, I would need to play more games to be better at it. And I just, I just learned. Yeah. I, I didn't have any a feeling of defeat or crushing after those games. I think it was still, Uh, very early in the development that you could still play only Protoss versus Protoss and it was only 10, uh, well, 11 games in total. It, I just try to consider it a, a learning experience to grow as a player. There's also some, the question if an AI will ever be able to be the human 100% of the time in StarCraft because it is a game of limited information. So, you know, maybe it can't make perfect decisions in every game because every game is so different and you can hide information. So... Part of me always thinks maybe one day AI will be better than humans, but maybe humans will always have a chance. So I think that's very different than, than maybe Go. And definitely we know chess is already, it's basically impossible for humans to win, right? At least under certain circumstances. But StarCraft might always stay different. Craig, you already mentioned growing from the interaction with the Alpha Star agents. 
One thing the chess and Go community are doing now is learning from the AI played games. In the chess community, there's one famous example where the AI plays very differently from humans. It seems to carelessly trade pawns to gain advantages on the board by freeing up uh, space for more complex maneuvers later on. This is something a human player would never do and even established scoring systems used to evaluate the board fail to recognize it as an advantage. How is AlphaStar affecting StarCraft 2? Can we learn from the games? We talked already about oversaturating the economy, for instance, as a potential new strategy. What is your take on this? Uh, I think it's very hard to say because in StarCraft, unlike in traditional sports games, the game is being patched uh, and balanced around uh, humans. Like uh, the, the game has already changed drastically throughout the uh, two years after we played uh, against DeepMind. So if you would have to study these uh, these matches, I don't think it would be uh, uh, applicable to the current state of the game. There are also different maps that you play. I, I think we would have to have DeepMind developed in a in a much larger scale than it currently is uh, or was. So I, I think right now I don't think we can find anything game breaking that uh, humans could use from DeepMind. Yeah, the only thing there are some general things that I was able to to apply. There's one specific move and. You're going to have to know basically StarCraft to understand what I'm talking about. But when I was playing Protoss against uh, Zerg in the later stages in AlphaStar, I noticed um, when AlphaStar was playing Zerg, it was very good at breaking down a Protoss wall. And there's a little micro trick you, you can do where if you use Zerglings, which is a small melee unit, and if you click behind where they need to go, they can stack up two of them together. And then instead of just having surface area for one of them to attack, both of them can attack at the same time. And that's not something completely new. People knew about this, but I noticed AlphaStar was doing it in such a effective and perfected way that I started training it a little bit myself. And I definitely won a few games just adopting this small micro trick for finding this perfect rhythm to basically doing double damage in into a world unit that's supposed to be able to hold what I'm doing. But because I was perfecting the trick, it could actually defeat humans. But it's a very niche application. It's not like revolutionizing the game, but it's going to win me a few games, like one in a hundred games, maybe. So overall, you would say that AlphaStar only has a marginal effect at the moment on the StarCraft 2 community? Yeah, the problem is, as Jagger just said, the game changed drastically since. And I'm sure if we would have AlphaStar just constantly being out there and us still being able to watch games that are happening now, I think there would always be something useful emerging. But we don't have that luxury. I think it would be cool if we did. but. I think one of the biggest unfortunate um, obstacles for DeepMind was the fact that every time Blizzard would bring out a patch, the agents would just break. Uh, so it's it's not like chess where, okay, well, we can just keep training our models and it'll get better and better and we get more information and can change the model. But StarCraft, they, they're always on a timer. Okay, well, now we have this four months window of the game being at this state. And then we need to release something that uh, then we need to run our experiments. And after that, we would basically have to start anew. And obviously that costs a lot of money and time. So going back a little bit to the question of how we humans can deal with these new AI technologies. Both of you have been confronted with AlphaStar, uh, which seems to be at a similar, or even stronger level than you are yourselves at the game of StarCraft 2, uh, which you're making your living off, of course. And we see similar things happening across the globe in various other industries and sectors. We have autonomous driving, um, which seems very successful and might be threatening a big portion of male jobs. We have diagnostic image processing applications in the healthcare industry, which perform at a higher level than the best human experts and so on. 
Both of you seem to have a very curious and positive mindset about this, while other people feel more threatened. Is there any advice that you could give others who find themselves in similar situations? I think whatever obstacles that you have in your life, just try to think about what you can learn from it. No matter how bad things look, you can always find something positive. I, I, I like to live like that. Dario, anything you want to add to this? Yeah, I think, you know, it's, I think we're looking at larger scale as a problem of society, how we are going to deal with AI potentially taking over jobs and stuff like this. But I think you're going to look at a long period of time where AI will be assisting humans rather than just replacing humans. So especially if I'm looking at healthcare and stuff like this, you know, from my experience and Shagor's experience and everybody who played AlphaStar, it was very obvious that AI can do something super well and then fail at a task that is so obvious to a human that I'd always prefer for now to have a human there that makes the final decision on something that that involves lives or where it's easy for a human to check, you know. Uh, if you look at, for example, images in medical science where it's very clear that the AI made a mistake, I'd always want a human to, to still make the final call and the person has a disease and needs, needs a treatment, right? Because there's a failure rate. But yeah, I think we, we have a lot to learn from AI and can broaden our horizons, but society also needs to change fundamentally if it can be, you know, it's value neutral AI. It's, it can be used for incredible advances in society, make all our life better, or it could also make us slaves to companies that will just hold, you know, all the means to, to do all the things without any of the labor involved anymore. So we'll have to think about how that, how we have to approach that. I think there's a, there's a famous quote, I forgot who, who said it uh, or how exactly it goes, but it's basically uh, communicating the expectation that the biggest machine revolution we are going to face is not going to be automation of, of manufacturing or something like that, which we already have past us, but it's going to be AI uh, supporting mental processes, right? like uh, cognitive abilities and so on. Right? That would be much bigger and more impactful uh, on the human race than what we have behind us. So it's going to be interesting, yeah. Just on that topic of AI augmenting humans, there's a there's a company called Falcon AI who've developed an esports coaching platform. It focuses only on Dota 2, League of Legends, and Valorant, and it's for beginner to mid-level players. And it basically provides analysis of gameplay with suggestions on how to improve how big a role maybe in coaching or game advising could you see something like AlphaStar uh, perhaps having? I, I think, again, it's really tough to say because we haven't seen AlphaStar have the impact that it would compete with the very, very best in the world. When, when it comes to analyzing the games, maybe it would be uh, able to say like, hey, if you would take this engagement of an army from a different angle and it would analyze it, let's say 500 times, it would say, hey, you would win 495 out of times. But if you move your units at the back, like it's it's just a completely different engagement. Maybe in coaching, it would be much more possible than in the game itself. I think it would be very fun to analyze, but it's really tough to say. I think that's gonna be a big deal because and the nice thing about video games is that there's so much data that just comes naturally with the games that usually you can just access through an API that can be calculate and then analyze. So I think for gaming, eventually it will be a really big deal where I even wonder if competitive gaming will almost ban it, but that's probably going to be impossible. So compared to traditional sports, I think it's going to be a bigger deal because in traditional sports, you need all these sensors and you need to actually 
somehow extract the data from the real world and then being able to make it machine readable. And then at the same time, you still have, I, I feel like that's just more variables in real life still than uh, in video games where you can maybe quantify things a little bit more. So it could, it could change, but I don't think it's going to be a thing in the next, you know, two to five years, but maybe even 10 years, but it's going to be like mainstream big thing. You briefly mentioned improvisation. Was there any evidence in any of the games of any improvisation by the AI? Not not really. So it was definitely obvious that the more out of the ordinary you would play, the more the AI would struggle with it and make more mistakes. And also, it's, it's quite interesting that the way that AlphaStar actually learned was initially from, from human data. So because Starcraft is so complex and the real world is so complex as well, unlike chess or Go, you couldn't do naive learning, meaning when... In StarCraft, you have so many billions of clicks all the time, but most of them are completely irrelevant. So it was very difficult from an AI to just naively learn which clicks are best. So its starting point was actually from human data. And then it would go from there and eventually then do self-play and improve from there. But I saw some variations, but it's hard to say if you can call it improvisation or just the game is so complex it will do different things in different situations. It was definitely not completely deterministic. It would react to things. But if I played the same agents over and over again, it wouldn't suddenly completely break out of its pattern. And in terms of the mistakes you mentioned, it's probably difficult to quantify, but how many mistakes per game was the, the AI making in comparison to a human player? <laughs> that is very hard <laughs> to put in numbers. I think both AlphaStar and humans make thousands of mistakes every game if you go like if you take a microscope and look at it at the you know highest resolution you could StarCraft is impossible to play perfectly but sometimes it comes down to one major mistake that makes you lose the game so i think those were more are more interesting to look at and it was definitely obvious that if you broke out more out of what was expected those major mistakes would happen but if you played a really standard on the book game and you would lose against AlphaStar, often you wouldn't be able to tell it's it's an AI. I actually noticed that when they were playing on, on the ladder, they actually did play against the general population. Nobody that lost against AlphaStar realized it was AlphaStar. It was only the people that beat AlphaStar that noticed really strange things happening because then usually something happened that kind of broke the AI. But it's impossible to put like a number on how many mistakes would AlphaStar make. Also, the games range so much that they could last five minutes or 45 minutes. So it's, it's, it's hard to say. And there were also some situations where AlphaStar was doing such simple mistakes that it would take time of a, of a player in-game. In For example, there, there's like a thing in, in uh, one of the races that you can put buildings up or down just to move units through. And AlphaStar would sometimes just go up and down, up and down, up and down for no reason up, uh, whatsoever, or it would just block the units, uh, its own units in the in the game. So these kind of mistakes would happen with AlphaStar, but it would just uh, excel and do something much better somewhere else in the game. And if a human would take the time to click the the hotkeys to raise the buildings, lower the buildings all the time, it would just be impossible to to play a proper good game because it just takes too much time. Yeah, I, I guess that's, you know, the interesting thing about how Alpha Startups think is probabilistic, right? It's every action it does, it tries to um, have a value attached, you know, is this good? But, you know, maybe 99% and like many nines after the comma, it knows, okay, this is a pointless move or a bad move, but then once in a while it'll still do it, because it, it learned in one in a million games, it maybe helped it win a game, so 
these kind of weird behaviors will be in there that no human would ever make. And I, I think that's one of the things we have to be really careful about in the real world as well, that there's like a secondary control mechanism that prevents those uh, things from happening just because in a total edge case, it actually had a positive uh, result. And Greg, when you uh, got your victory against the AI, did it make a major mistake that you were able to take advantage? Was that what happened or was it just brilliance on your part? I think the major mistake would be uh, it pulling its uh, army movement all the time to the unit that I was it, uh, harassing it with. Because every time I was harassing uh, the, the main base of Alphasar, it went back with the entire army. And I did it like four or five times. And that bought myself enough time to move out on the map without feeling the pressure of Alphasar in my face. So basically, Alphastar buckled under the pressure of the large crowd watching the um, the, the <laughs> event. It couldn't handle it. <laughs> Too much pressure on Alpha. Sorry, yeah, playing against a pro gamer, you can't you can't win six times in a row versus me by the looks of things. The truth is, if they could have made an AI that would have buckled under the pressure of the crowd, that would have been more impressive than anything <laughs> anybody else has ever done in AI. Just based on the fact that it now actually is self conscious and has emotion, I think that you're getting a little bit ahead of yourself there. Cool. <laughs> is there anything, guys, that you you wish we had asked? Uh, anything you'd like to talk about that we maybe haven't touched on? Actually, I would definitely like to add something there. So when uh, Mana and I played in those show matches, it was still a very basic version of Alphastar that was playing in a more simplistic style than what they made later. And one of the most interesting observations I made when they switched from just playing one race, putting in more human limitations to playing the full game, more different maps, is that maybe the agents became easier to defeat in a way, but it started playing in a way more complex and strategic way than before, because it couldn't just brute force it, its way through superhuman mechanics. And then because of the superhuman mechanics, it kind of pigeonholed itself into just playing one or two styles. While once it had similar to human capabilities, it started exploring way more of the strategic aspect and it was exploring way more of the whole game. And I think there's actually a really interesting learning for applying that maybe to other fields as well, that sometimes limiting the abilities of an AI might actually make it smarter. And then we can maybe then give it ability back or whatever. But I think that was a really interesting lesson to learn that sometimes limitations actually lead to, to more intelligence than, than perfect mechanical execution. Yeah, that's super interesting, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 pretty profound, actually. Less is more effectively. Yeah, it, it allowed it to be more generalized. You know, um, maybe some. You know, let's let's say if you think about a car uh, that can break faster than any human, react faster than any human. Maybe that is good in most cases, but if it breaks, if if there's something that causes the car not to even realize what's going on, maybe that ability would actually hindered from exploring the more edge cases where conscious rely on superhuman reactions, but it, it wouldn't need to have foresight or whatever, which is like, I'm just like theorizing here, but I, I think it's important to, to keep that in mind that more can be, can be less for sure when it comes to thinking, if it's just purely mechanical. Yeah, and uh, I, I think the whole human intuition thing that, that, that humans seem to have, the big question is, can AI developing anything remotely like that, even an, an artificial version of that, that would allow it to improvise or, um, I guess, 
behave more like a human. Philip, do you have any views on that? Do you think that's possible? I think intuition is a concept mostly used in the context of human behavior. And even then the term is quite vague. Fundamentally, it can mean something like knowing what to do in a certain situation based on subconscious information stemming from past experiences. But in that sense, it can connect with machine learning concepts again, right? In fact, one of the most unsatisfying experiences building smart machine learning systems can be that oftentimes we don't really understand why they work. Their performance seems to be an emerging property coming from this complex graph-based system that we create with all of its exponential states. In StarCraft 2, intuition plays an important role because at any point in time during a game, you only have limited information about your opponent. And even worse, uh, there's a strong incentive for the opponent to make sure that you collect as little information as possible or even to feed you uh, wrong information or misinformation to lead you into misreading the game and ultimately making mistakes. There are some StarCraft 2 players who rely on intuition more than others. Uh, some are very analytical and they even do math in their head while playing the game, especially in the early game. For instance, it's important to keep an eye on gas count, how much gas has been harvested, how much has been spent uh, on units to decide whether the opponent is uh, saving up uh, that resource for a later tech timing or something like that. When it comes to building intuition against Alpha Star, this is hard at the moment because there are so many different manifestations of Alpha Star in the form of the respective agents. Uh, from the other perspective, measuring the strength of Alpha Star's intuition seems also pretty hard. Uh, I could see people arguing that all Alpha Star is, is what we call intuition, uh, but I could also see people arguing the complete opposite way. And final question fast forward 10 years, and Alpha Star is unbelievably good would you be up for having coaching uh, from an ai if it was that good guys I, i would absolutely i would definitely take a chance uh, i would see if i can improve i would say let's say give it a, a month a year uh, being coached by alpha star I, i'm always up for improvement i like if, if there's a possibility like that i would definitely take it i think in general any competitor is going to take any edge they can that is legal Some also that's not legal, but um, and then you know if that becomes the new standard, just the way people are having to analyze replays themselves now in groups together to be one of the best people. If there's a better way to analyze your data, you're gonna take it. All right, fantastic. Really appreciate your time, Greg and Dario. That was a, a really interesting conversation. Is is there anything final you'd like to say about what you're what you're currently up to from a, a professional perspective? Um, so yeah, from my from my side, I'm still competing in StarCraft 2, still competing in the biggest tournaments. You can find me on, under the nickname Mana. I'm currently playing for Team Liquid. You can also find me uh, streaming, uh, playing the games uh, on twitch.tv slash liquidmana if you want to find me there. And yeah, thanks for having me. Same, you can find me on twitter.com slash liquidtlo and also Twitch, just as Mana is uh, twitch.tv slash liquidtlo. And I guess last of all, I just want to say, uh, giving a big shout out to DeepMind once more because they've been incredibly respectful uh, throughout our journey that Mana and both and I had to, you know, treat as, you know, treat, treat StarCraft seriously and um, taking professional gaming seriously. And I, I think it's awesome to see that games can potentially help with AI um, development because they are probably the closest models we have to real world without developing a model. So that's kind of cool. And I encourage anybody that wants to work on the space. Games could be pretty useful. 
Fantastic. Thanks so much, Greg and Dario, and of course to Dr. Philip Diesinger as well for his his great questions. If you enjoyed uh, this show, then please do subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite uh, podcast channel. And we look forward to catching you on the next episode. Thank you.